I want to talk to you a little bit about snacks. Yeah, my favorite topic. Look at me. Do I look like I miss snack time? Never. Um, let me talk to you about Built Bar. This is something that I think your wife turned my wife on to, right? Yes, that's how it started. Uh, that's how it started. Yes. That's how our mm-hmm. lives changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because my wife was like, oh, you really have to try these. I'm like, she'll eat anything. It's healthy. Right. You know what that's I mean? What, yeah, that's what women do. Right. Mm-hmm. right. They're like, oh, this is really good. It's a rice cake. There's nothing good about it. Mm-hmm. Nothing. That's oh, not no. Bill Barth. That's not the Bill Barth thing. No, it's not. And now I've lost an entire shelf of my refrigerator. Which is just built. It just I have with lost bars. an entire drawer in my refrigerator, but I am totally cool with it. Yeah, I'm totally yeah, cool. I, with it. it's, hey, look, if, if built bars uh, are adored by everybody who yeah. buys them, and, and my wife always says keep them in the fridge. A lot of people don't, but yeah, we she do. says that's the best way to do yeah. it. Built.com. Use the uh, promo code Beck. Get 15% off your order. Uh, they're really, really good. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein. I mean, real chocolate. It's unbelievable. Built.com. That's built.com. Make sure you use the promo code Beck and save 15% now. Built.com. program i want to introduce you to somebody uh who i read a article on his book maybe a week ago or so and he just he's very clear-minded on this as i'm doing my research on on him i realize he's a comedian and he also writes uh for a maybe he identifies as this woman professor um but he writes these books posing as a feminist professor and it's hysterical but i don't think his book is hysterical his book is spot on and deep thinking andrew doyle is his name the new puritans is the name of the book and he joins us in 60 seconds I want to talk to you first about Tunnel to Towers Foundation. It's delivering on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. If we want the government to do less, then we have to do more ourselves. And that's the way it should be. Let me tell you about Mario Nelson. After 9-11, Mario was involved with the recovery efforts at Ground Zero, and that motivated him to enlist in the U.S. Army. So he was sent to Iraq, where sadly he was killed in action. He was 26, but he had left behind a wife and a young daughter. Tunnel to Towers Foundation saw to it that they received a mortgage-free home. It's your kindness, your generosity that provided them with the financial stability they needed at the time when they needed it the most. 
whether they're ensuring that families can stay in the home where they made memories with their fallen fallen loved one or helping families make new memories that will be cherished forever tunnel to towers is doing so much good and they need your support in honor of 9 11 they're asking you to donate 11 dollars a month to tunnel to towers at t2t.org that's t the number two t dot org andrew doyle uh the author of the new puritans welcome to the program sir good to talk to you yeah i have i have so many i have so many questions and very few of them have to do with your article after doing some research (laughs) on you um okay uh but no but let's let's get to the book first because that's the reason why i have you on and um you know your your article that you wrote on spiked uh, online.com how to take on the new puritans is i was shocked that this was coming from somebody in the uk because this is exactly the thinking in the united states as well and i'm glad to see that this is this is seemingly i think everywhere i think so i think more and more people are waking up to the problem uh it's taking longer in certain countries than others i think Canada is probably pretty much lost on this one. Wow. Uh, but certainly, you know, a lot of this stuff did originate in the U.S., and, but, but over here we're finding a lot of these ideas are being imported into our major institutions as well. So you would think that something like critical race theory, which, which is so sort of grounded in American history, wouldn't really make sense in a country like the U.K., but actually it's just been sort of imported wholesale and applied in public policy, government policy, the police our health service, all sorts of areas. Uh, similarly with gender identity ideology, all of this stuff is just being sort of passed through, rushed through uh, our major cultural, political, educational institutions um, in, in the way that it has in America. And now we're, 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 we're seeing evidence of a kind of pushback against it. So I've been saying for a while that this is, you know, when uh, Nietzsche was right, when, when you lose your God, Men will find a God and we found our new God. And this is a religion with its own doctrine and and theology. And uh, it is unforgiving uh, if you if you're an apostate. I think it's useful to think of it in terms of a religion as a kind of analogy more than anything else. I mean, it is a secular religion. It's a godless religion. It's 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 it is different, but it does have it makes it explicable if you think of it in those terms, because here you have a movement a sort of fervid ideological movement that brooks no dissent at all. It, it considers anyone who strays from its past to be uh, heretics. Uh, it, can, it can, will have you excommunicated uh, in the way the Catholic Church used to do. Um, it it uh, has its own holy language, its own kind of mysterious language and phrases that it likes to use, uh, phrases like toxic masculinity or cis-heteronormativity or or whatever it might be, you know, um, trans women are women. They just, they just have these phrases, these shibboleths, these slogans. Um, and people are expected to just go along with it without thinking for themselves. I mean, it's much like, uh, I, I suppose, like the medieval clergy, just sort of saying, mm-hmm. we know best. Yeah, you have is. to agree with us. And if you don't agree with us, uh, then we'll come after you. And they've got, they've, got, they've got this thing called cancel culture, which is, of course, a method of public shaming, ritual humiliation. It can deprive people of their livelihoods. Uh, their reputation. It's often very merciless. It's often disproportionate to the, to the perceived slight. You know, someone can do something very minor, just make a, a, a misjudged comment on Twitter, and they can have their lives utterly destroyed. So it, it, it's, um, it's different from Christianity insofar as it has no mercy. Yeah, it's the, the exact opposite. It it's the yeah, exact it opposite. It redemption yeah. or anything like that. So it's more like a kind of 
rather than saying it's a religion, I suppose it's more like a, a fundamentalist religion. You had in, in your article, and I'd like to talk to you about this and, and tie it to the book. I thought one of the things that you said in your article that was so um, uh, powerful was the thought experiment. Let's just have a little mm-hmm. thought experiment. Um, and you talk about the school district in Canada would be burning thousands yeah. of books because the contents are offensive to modern sensibilities and that they would refer to this as a flame purification ceremony. Um, yes. Do you think that would have happened a decade ago? The answer is no. But you read well, that and thing. you think, my gosh, I can't believe people believe this. People have sort of not uh, realized how quickly and rapidly they've, they've started to accept these absolutely incredible things as normal. I mean, that's what I was saying in the article and I say in the book is that, you know, if, if you'd have asked, if you can put yourself in your own mindset as you were 10, 15 years ago, and if you could say these things would be happening now, we would be in a position where uh, a, a, a boy who might be a bit effeminate or a girl who likes to play football, that they would be encouraged to believe they're in the wrong body. You would have police investigating you for non-crime hate incidents, which is very regular. That happens in the UK. It doesn't happen in America because you have the uh, First Amendment, but it happens here. Um, you know, all of these things, you know, the Ottawa um, school board that I mentioned, because, you know, they, they burned, they removed thousands of books from 30 different school libraries and burned some of them. And, and, and like you say, called it a flame purification ceremony. And, you know, you have to be pretty historically illiterate not to see the sinister implications of that. But no one would have believed that any of this could have happened. Um, no one would have believed, for instance, that you would have schools segregating people by skin color for mm-hmm. after school activities, which is what has happened here in London at the America School. It's called the America School, but it's a, a British school. They're in fact, the most uh, expensive uh, day school in the UK. In, in, uh, in California, you have the Brentwood School segregating parents uh, for, for, for teacher feedback sessions, and they're segregating them by skin color. You've got lots of universities who now want, they already have LGBT-only dorms or, or are proposing uh, dorms specifically for, for black students. I mean, all, all of this stuff, which is incredibly obviously regressive. Um, and it's all happened really over the past 12 years, no more than that. It's all happened very, very quickly. And people just need to put that into context and think about where they were 10 years ago. Would anyone have expected this? Would anyone have accepted it? They would have said this wasn't possible in a liberal democracy, in a, in a forward-thinking democracy. They would have said it was insanity. But we all now accept it. Well, why do we accept it? We shouldn't. We should, we should push back against it because it is regressive. So how do we how do we fight this battle? The difficulty that we have is that the people in charge have bought into it. So it, this wouldn't matter if it was just those crazy people on Twitter with anime avatars screaming into cyberspace and sort of calling everyone a fascist and <laughs> saying that, that they see homophobes and racists in every shadow. You know, if it were just the crazy activists, it wouldn't matter because we could just ignore them and get on with our lives. But the problem is it's infected. I mean, look, the U.S. government is completely infected with this stuff. Uh, it's in all, uh, like I say, all of our major institutions. Academia is completely over, overwhelmed by it, uh, which means you have people who are supposed to be the experts in their field misrepresenting reality for ideological purposes. You now have leading medical journals talking about how sex is a spectrum. Mm. Well, even I know that sex is a spectrum, and I'm not a biologist. You know, you, you've got, well, you had the uh, Supreme Court nominee, uh, Jackson, who was asked, to define a woman and she said uh, I can't I'm not a biologist you know in our country we have when you ask politicians what is a woman they stammer and they stutter and they don't know what to do because they're terrified of getting it wrong even though a moderately intelligent child could tell you the answer to that so 
the, the problem isn't the activists. The problem is those in authority capitulating to the activists. And we have to find some way. I mean, I guess they're intimidated or they've bought into it, but we have to find some way to sort of redress that. And, and the reason why in the book, The New Puritans, and I called it that really because I'm making a direct comparison to what happened in Salem during that period of hysteria in the late 17th century. And of course, it was just one year. It was very short-lived. Everyone who was involved repented afterwards and thought they'd made a mistake. But it wouldn't have mattered if it was just the girls screaming witch at everyone. Uh, it was because the ministers and the magistrates believed the girls and perpetuated the fantasy. And it's a similar thing here. The, the people screaming online, they're just the girls screaming witch or turf or whatever words they like to use or racist or fascist. It's the people in authority who are truckling to this and going along with it. And they're the problem, really. So we just have to find a way to have more people who are in positions of authority to stand up to it, to have the courage to say, no, we, we all know what a woman is. Uh, we all know that uh, Martin Luther King's dream of colorblindness is the ideal, that it's not a sort of version of white supremacy, which is what Robin DiAngelo argues, uh, that actually we were going in the right direction and this new social justice movement turned up and derailed the whole project. And, and, you know, so like I say, just, just get people in power, they need to be braver. So I have a, um, I have a history archive and a, a gigantic vault with a bunch of history in it. And we have quite a bit from the Salem witch trials. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, most people don't know um, that the Salem witch trials happened. Uh, I mean, were stopped because the guy in power was approached by two other ministers and said, you're, you're reading the Bible all wrong. You're, you're reading it wrong. So it took the leaders to stop the leader on the Salem witch trial. Exactly. I mean, there were a number of things that were happening. The girls started accusing very powerful people. And you'll note in the, in the court transcripts and the records that whenever they did that, uh, the ministers or the magistrates, sorry, um, they gently corrected them. So, for instance, they accused the Reverend Samuel Willard of being a witch. And, of course, Willard was the acting president of Harvard. So this was not some small fry. And um, the magistrate simply said to the girls, you must be mistaken. You must be thinking of Constable Willard, who you've already accused and is in jail at the moment. So, you see, they, they, they only believed it up to a point. Um, and then eventually the deputy governor of the colony wrote to the leading clergyman in the country and said, by the way, is spectral evidence admissible in court? And what spectral evidence was, was simply the girl's testimony was taken as truth. What we today would call lived experience. That's a comparison I make in the book. They, they saw witches, therefore that was evidence. In other words, the accusation was taken as, as proof. Um, and those, magi- those ministers got back to them and said, no, that, that is not admissible in court. And everything collapsed. All of the cases collapsed overnight as soon as that happened. So today, you see, when you have people say, that certain institutions are systemically racist and you ask for evidence and they say it's our lived experience. It's the same thing. Uh, And we have to get to the point where we say, actually, no, lived experience, spectral evidence, that's not good enough. We need to get back to the enlightenment values where we we have rationality and evidence-led epistemology and data and and reason. Um, And this, this, this movement, this new religion, is completely opposed to any kind of rational thought and actually mistrusts the values of the Enlightenment as being some sort of product of, of a dead white straight men. You and your country, are, all countries right now in the Western world are in real trouble um, yeah. with uh, fuel, energy, inflation, food, all of it. Um, yeah. We're headed for really hard times. 
Do we survive this? Do we wake up in time? Well, I mean, a lot of people will use that point of view to make the, the point that given the cost of living crisis, given the energy crisis, given the uh, global recession, um, that actually we shouldn't be worried about what they call the culture war. We shouldn't be focusing on the, these issues. These are a distraction. But actually, these issues uh, get to the heart of mm-hmm. what Western civilization means. If we don't have uh, these values that we've worked so long to refine and, and have secured um, justice and progress as we have known it within our lifetimes, then everything else collapses. It doesn't, you know, if you, if, you don't, if you don't hold fast to those values, you won't be able to deal with cost of living issues, energy issues, uh, financial disasters. You know, we, you, you need to have a fundamental basis of rationality uh, in order for anything else to be addressed. So I think it is far more important than people, than people realize. I think people are waking up to that. Um, and I think it's an absolute disaster when you see uh, Biden's administration, you know, bearing in mind that Biden was uh, nominated in the first place because he was perceived as being the, the non-woke Democrat candidate. Mm-hmm. And, and look at what he's done and look at what he's pushed through and, uh, you know, look at who's he's, who he's appointed. And it, it, it's, it's just not the case that, that that perception was accurate. And it is damaging. It is hugely damaging. And it's, it's, it, it gets to the core of what we stand for as a civilization. And uh, we can't, I, I don't think we can allow it to collapse. And I don't think it's too hyperbolic uh, to say that, that we're on the verge of collapse if we keep going down this line. Andrew Doyle. Um, the book is The New Puritans, uh, How the Religion of Social Justice Captured the Western World. Um, worth your time. Andrew, thank you so much. I'd love to have you on again. That'd be fantastic. Thanks very much. God bless. Andrew Doyle. Sometimes it's that round of golf that you wish you could play. Sometimes it's, you know, getting on the floor to wrestle around with the kids or the grandkids. Some days it's just getting out of bed, you know, getting back into it later on, just living for getting back into bed. When you're living with pain, and especially if it's frequently um, debilitating kind of pain, you're actually having these moments of your life taken from you, but it's time to take them back. I know a lot of people who have gotten free of their pain or greatly reduced in their pain by using Relief Factor, and they got their life back. This was developed by doctors, and it's not some drug that's going to space you out. It has four key ingredients that fight inflammation, which is the source of most of the pain that we deal with, and it could work for you. The three-week quick start, developed for you, nineteen ninety-five. It's a dollar a day, like a trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them go on to order more, which says a ton. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF, 800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. Get the quick start uh, trial pack developed just for you right now at relieffactor.com or 800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. 10 seconds, station ID. So one of the reasons why I really like Andrew Doyle is he's very well researched and, and well thought out. Um, but he also is just talking about taking a stand tonight. I have a Wednesday night special at nine and I begin the program with what is your line in the sand? I, I did a show on this on radio. What about a year ago? When they, when they violate, when they cross the line of the sand, what are you willing to put up with? Well, have, have they crossed that line in the sand? 
the Alamo? Who's the who's going to be willing to stand? They've assaulted our religion, our faith, our kids, education. It's the breakdown of society, the rule of law, impoverishment of so many people, the collapse of the economy. These are all crucial things. Are they crossing a line yet? My research team a few weeks ago found um, a guy who used to be a KGB, very high up KGB officer. And he defected and came over here and he he did a a deal on a chalkboard. He gave a talk on here's how it's going to work. Here's how we have planned to destroy your country. Well, somebody heard that plan because it is step by step destroying us. And he also provided the answer on how to stop it. That is tonight. On Blaze TV at 9 p.m., it's the Glenn Beck Wednesday night special. You can watch it on Blaze TV YouTube, uh, but you can also watch it live right on uh, Blaze TV, and you can go back and and watch it any time that you want if you're a member of Blaze TV's family. Go to blazetv.com slash Beck uh, and uh, use the promo code what is it, Glenn? Yeah, use the promo code GLENN and you'll save on your subscription. This is a really important one. And we have to start asking our friends the questions that Andrew and I kind of just talked about. You know, 10 years ago, you would have said I was crazy for saying this was happening. You would have said that will never happen. And you would say you were against those things. What has changed? Those would have been lines in the sand for you. Are they still lines in the sand for you? And if not, what has changed? We have to ask ourselves these questions, and I will show you how what they're doing is working on us. And it's, it's a very simple but specific, I think it's four steps, And I'll lay them all out for you. And you will then be able to see them. And you're like, oh, my gosh, yes, I see that there. I see that there. I see that there. We're two. We're about into the third step. And the last two happen quickly. Don't miss tonight. Blaze TV, America's new Alamo. Why we must draw a line in the the sand. Tonight at 9 Eastern on Blaze TV. The Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. If you're a hardworking person with a vision for the future, I like you already. You're responsible with your finances, just like you should be. I like that about you. However, there are probably some things that you haven't thought of. And, uh, and I know there's tons of things that I haven't thought of. One of the things that could help save you a significant amount of money right now are things like refinancing your home loan at a lower interest rate. That alone could save you hundreds of dollars. And that's just one possibility. There are kinds of things that you can do to improve your finances when you have help and you have somebody that knows how to navigate these waters. Give American Financing a call today. This is a company that's been helping people just like you with home loan options for over two decades. They care about saving, uh, helping you save money. 
They'll help you find ways to uh, get out of the high interest credit cards or find ways to raise your credit score, which is incredibly important. Call American Financing at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. You heard how great Glenn TV is going to be tonight. Imagine what you could do right before that with Studios America. going to be even better. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. There are things that are happening uh, in our country that are truly terrifying. Um, You take our medical uh, institutions now, medical institutions which have really been co-opted by the federal government. They're the ones writing the check. And as we go more and more and further down this socialist uh, medicine route, they will have complete say over everything, what drugs we use, how things have to be taken or done or not done, and the philosophy behind all of it. We've already had our doctors, many of our doctors and nurses, already break their Hippocratic uh, oath by first do no harm, by injecting a trial uh, drug into the arms of people that maybe didn't want them. We didn't know anything about the drug. Some people just went and did it, and that's their choice. But the federal government forced them, and then they suppressed the views of any doctors or nurses that wouldn't. And if they wouldn't do it, they were fired. This is concerning to me because uh, I have studied for so long the Holocaust. And... There were only a third of nurses in Nazi Germany that were part of what was called the Red Swastika or the um, Sisterhood of Nazism. Only a third. Most nurses, most in Germany were told they had to eliminate the feeble, the feeble minded infants, all of it. And they did it. And they did it. Something happens to people when you enter a time where there is no truth anymore, and that's coupled with fear. I want to introduce you to somebody who I think is just truly amazing. Her name is Laura Morgan. She is the program manager of Do No Harm. She's a registered nurse who lost her job as a nurse uh, because she wouldn't go along with the implicit bias training. Laura, welcome to the program. Well, good morning. I appreciate the opportunity, and you have put a big smile on my face, so thank you. <laughs> well, it usually, usually doesn't happen when, you, when the lead-up is the Holocaust, but I, I know because you probably feel kind of alone, as I do many times, and uh, it's nice when you hear people who understand what's going on and what the stakes are. I really couldn't say it any better, and it's funny that you spoke about the injections that were required, because that's one of the things that I actually did. That was also required by my employer, and I did everything else my employer asked me to do, including taking both injections, but I drew the line at this one because it's a really divisive ideology that has no place in medicine. So explain what it is. Sure. Well, the concept of implicit or unconscious bias, you'll see courses called by both mm-hmm. names. It assumes that 
some groups of people are automatically guilty of being prejudiced against other groups just by virtue of skin color and race. It's just that we're unaware of it. So the people who promote this idea, including in healthcare, claim that our unconscious bias makes us make decisions about patients that, well, they're going to result in poor outcomes because we're unintentionally hurting them through our unconscious bias. And, and this way of thinking, it actually creates barriers between healthcare providers and their patients instead of building a relationship of trust. And why is that? Well, because the idea of implicit bias, which is close relative anti-racism, it declares that the entire healthcare system is systemically racist and all our biases must be rooted out. And so we have to have it educated out of us. And it's just a faulty emphasis on the doctor patient or the nurse patient relationship and really erodes the dynamic you need in those relationships to be successful. So where do you think this leads? Because like you said, you, you took the the jabs and the injection that is absolutely against the Nuremberg code, the way that was done, but nobody seemed to care because it was an emergency. Um, But then things started to change. And uh, you know, if you were a doctor and disagreed with it, you lost your job. Uh, If you're a nurse and you wouldn't take the jab, you lost your job. And it became um, a, a little spooky Uh, They're now, you know, um, California just approved a bill to punish doctors who spread false information. But it is the government and the CDC that tells you what the false information is. And you don't really have a recourse to that. What are you afraid that this leads to? I know that you're aware and and your listeners are aware that there just really is no end to this that once we start agreeing to implicit bias training, then we'll introduce something else and it will just continue to move on and on. They'll never be satisfied with until they get their entire agenda in place. And I don't even know what the end point of that is because I don't think they know. It, it seems to change on an hourly basis. So the Kentucky board, there are three states, Kentucky, uh, Michigan, and Massachusetts, that require implicit bias training as a condition of getting your license. Um, And the Kentucky Board of Nursing directs nurses to the Kentucky Nurses Association as an approved source of its mandatory implicit bias training, which claims, A, white supremacy is the driver of structural racism in healthcare. B, Nurses' bias place their patients' lives in jeopardy. Implicit bias kills. And three, nurses with implicit biases contribute to modern-day lynchings in the workplace. That is absolutely true. And I will add that Maryland uh, created a mandate for implicit bias training for its uh, physicians that went into effect on October 1st. So it's continuing to accelerate. But this Kentucky Nurses Association course, I signed up and I took the course. And um, it's probably the most inflammatory thing I've ever seen in the nursing profession. And of all organizations, the 
Kentucky Nurses Association, which, you know, all states have a state association under the ANA, the American Nurses Association, they're supposed to be advocates for nurses and advocates for patients. And this sort of language in a required course just doesn't meet those criteria. And the graphic that shows where they claim white supremacy drives structural racism, it can be seen at donoharmmedicine.org. So um, I read a, an opinion piece. It was online. I'm trying to remember. Maybe it was Medium uh, during, the, um, during the COVID shutdown. And it was a doctor who said, do I have to treat someone who's a racist? They don't want the vaccination. They voted for Donald Trump. It's clear. And does this break my Hippocratic oath? And I, I thought to myself, uh, yes, dummy, it does. Everybody deserves medical treatment, no matter who they are. If I was a doctor and somebody killed my wife, I would hope that it wasn't me that was trying to save his life. And I didn't have to do that. But if I'm the only guy, it is I am required to help and save that person's life. Am I not? You are. And I've heard Dr. Ben Carson say before that every time he opened up the person's skull and looked at the brain, at that point, he couldn't tell what color their skin was. Correct. who they voted for, or anything like that. So what does the future of medicine look like if doctors and nurses continue to be punished for not being woke enough, uh, if we start teaching all of this and making it mandatory? Uh, wh- what happens to us? Where, where is medicine in five years, ten years? Right now, I'm sure everybody's aware that there's a pressing need excuse me, for health care providers nurses, doctors alike, and if people like me continue to get pushed out of the profession, then it only adds to that. One of the problems that we have is that these ideologies are beat into college students, which that's where they get their medical and nursing education. And so then the healthcare organizations tend to take advantage of that because, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, Talk about your microaggressions. You've been talking about that the past four years. And they are also weeding people out through um, questionnaires, um, you know, on their application. You know, how do you feel about um, racial biases, et cetera, et cetera. And if you are you are not in line, you're not going to you're not going to go to medical school. Laura Morgan is her name. She's the program manager of Do No Harm. You can see that at do no harm dot com. You lost your job in your career uh, must have been terrifying. Um, I know you went out and you I think you sold your car right away. And, uh, you know, you you you've had a kick in the teeth. Has it been worth it? I have to say that it is because um, do no harm. And you know, forgive me, it's at do no harm medicine dot org. Do No Harm has just been a real saving grace for me. I really think that this is something that God's hands have been on to direct me to do this. And so I feel like it has been worth it. I've taken a lot of criticism on the Wall Street Journal 
article about saying things like that. But yes, I had some money saved up and, um, and, and it's possible I could have gotten another job. But this problem is so widespread throughout the medical industry and the whole healthcare industry that so many organizations are requiring this training. It's really hard to get away from it. And I'm not going to go along with it. And I'm fearless in standing up against it. And do no harm backs me up in that. Laura Morgan, you are the example of what we need more Americans to do to do. If we only had 20% of this population standing up and saying, I'm not going along with this because it's wrong and it's insanity. uh, We would be in a place where we would save our culture and our civilization. Laura, thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you, sir. I really appreciate it. You bet. Laura Morgan uh, from do no harm medicine.com. What are you doing today to make sure that the money you've worked so hard to earn over the years doesn't lose its value? Uh, Yesterday, um, the stock market was up. Gosh, way up, way up. Stock market's down again today. Isn't that strange? It's uh, down about half of what it was up yesterday, and uh, day's only begun. It's, I mean, I'm telling you, that's a casino, and the house will win. I want you to look into gold or silver and see if it is right for you. Physical gold or silver. Stu and I were talking about, you know, digital currency and, you know, what do you do? And if things really broke down and things became really oppressive, how who's going to take digital currency? Who's going to I mean, you can't just walk in and quietly say, here, take this. You you need the Internet. Having something of physical value and having it in your hand is critical for the future please find out if gold or silver is right for you call 866 gold line 1866 gold line right now when you buy a box of 20 graded historic five dollar gold indians uh you'll get oh my gosh did he say indians you get a five pack of the maple flex bar at no additional cost call gold line today find out how to acquire these unique popular and extremely important products Call them now, 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Today's the day, revolution's on its way. Our time is now, hold the line, this is how we'll be. This is my current favorite artist right now, Poor Man's Poison. The lyrics and everything are just so spot on right now. What do you know? This whole damn place is about to blow. Look around, what do you see? I see the wolves at bay coming after me. there was a theme song for tonight's special at nine i think it would be this look what's happening revolution is coming they tried to hold us we just have to hold the line they can't control us now today's the day revolution
way Your time is now Hold the line This is how we'll be defined Just stand your ground Give and take Only works when both sides really kill and So, I mean, Stu just looked at me and calling for revolution, huh? No. Revolution is coming. It's already here. We will be remembered and defined on how we stand now. This is a fight, but it doesn't have to be a hot war. We just have to stand. Tonight, I'm going to show you what that battle is and what the KGB said is the only way to beat it. We'll give that to you tonight at 9 on Blaze TV. I'll let poor man's poison take us out. Look around, what do you know? This whole damn place is about to blow. Look around, what do you see? I see the wolves at bay coming after me. Glenn Beck Program.